to the Body Story podcast, where I share the candid, inspiring conversations I've enjoyed with my guests about their bodies. I invite my guests to dig into their past and share their stories of their bodies developing, growing and changing. The first series revolves around people identifying as women. I'm your host, Sarah Walwork, fitness business owner of 15 years and cis middle-aged mum. My guest today is 62-year-old Joe Handley. Joe grew up on the northern beaches of New South Wales in the 60s and 70s. A tall, confident girl with surfer parents and a loving extended family. She loved riding her drag star bicycle, swimming and school sports. In her 20s, her long legs took her to the big city of Sydney where she cut and dyed her hair bleach blonde and danced up a storm. Joe tells us about the grief of missing out on children, the challenges of menopause and regaining her strength and hope to fight cancer. The golden thread revealed through this wonderful conversation is Joe's journey back to the strength of her body and how movement became a saviour in her life. This is a wonderful body story. Joe, let's get into your body story. Do you mind first telling us how old you are? I don't mind at all. I'm very proud of my age, actually. Awesome. I'm 62 years old and I'll be 63 in November. Amazing. So, Joe, tell me about your earliest memory of your body. Well, I did think about this last night and I remember being on a school bus um, in my teens and I was a very long, tall, lanky girl, skinny, and I didn't realise at the time flat-chested. And it wasn't until I started going to high school and I started getting the Mr. Boo's blue bus down from our place, down Bilgolopolo, down to Avalon, Baron Joey High. And I started noticing girls, we had a uniform with no shape, but I started noticing girls with breasts. Funnily enough, as years have gone on, I've got one of the big busted girls you could ever meet. So <laughs> I love what it. you wish for. <laughs> I love it. What about even earlier than that? When you were a really small child, was there something that you loved doing with your body? Were you like, did you love dancing or swimming or riding your bike or? Like going back, 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 back before back, back. that? Yeah. Oh, push bike riding. I had a drag star <laughs> love with it. little fringes on it. And that would have been when I was around sort of like eight, nine and ten. And I used to actually go and get my cousin. I've got photographs of her as a baby on the front of that drag star. Um, swimming was yeah. amazing for me. I did a lot of swimming. We what, had a... what did you, can you remember any feelings of how you felt when you were on that bike and you were riding that bike with your cousin? Yes, I felt free. I felt I felt grown up, but I wasn't. So because mum and dad gave me the responsibility to be able to leave their place and ride two blocks to my auntie and uncles. I love it. Just being that long-legged, skinny girl, for me, I think I'm visioning it now. I was, I was pedalling away. Yeah, you were, yeah. I had the wind in my hair and I was, I was you know, going to an exciting place. And did your, because I had a bike like that too um, when I lived in Port Hedland, did it have the really long back, the seat that went up really high at the back and uh, the big chopper handlebars? It had bars? the big chopper handlebars. Oh, love it. And, but it had the... The seat didn't go at the back, but it had the very long seat yeah. on it. Yeah, I remember. And, then it, and it went down at the front like that. And then, yeah, big, and it had the streamers coming off. Oh, <laughs> and and I still it. would love one. I've, yeah. I've looked for one. I have. I I've it. looked for the drag star. So, yeah, it was yeah. a Melvin star drag star. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably a great memory and, for me too. And so you grew up 
in Avalon, which mm. is at a beach. So, and you were saying swimming. Do you remember the sensations of swimming? Like, did you swim really young? I was really good at sport. Right. So I was a champion swimmer. From what swimmer. age? Like a um, young age? Probably from about, I would have started getting into swimming because it was still in primary. Yeah. So how old are you then? Like eight, yeah. nine? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we grew up on the beaches, so all yeah. of that, you know, was always walking from Nana and Paz because I grew up with my mother, my father and my brother, Stephen, yeah. in yeah. one part of the house, my Nana and Pa in the front pass and my great-grandmother Elizabeth. Amazing. There was a, um, a door that connected the kitchen into great-grandmother Elizabeth's um, bedroom and there was my auntie and uncle in the front part of the house, which Amazing. was in the garage. Wow. And that was until I was uh, 10 years old. And yeah. Okay, well, I would love to. That's really interesting. I would yeah. love to dig into that a little bit. So living with all these generations mm. and relations, um, do you remember those women talking about their bodies or your body at all as you were growing up? They were all three diff- very different yeah. women. So my nana, I mean, coming from um, London, growing up over there, and 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 then coming as a as a child actually over there, over to Avalon. She wasn't a big beach goer. Right. She'd send me with a jar down to the um to the creek to catch tadpoles. That was Nana's sort of thing. But Nana was very nurturing and very, very hair combing and like a Nana is and yeah. tickling of back and very soft and nurturing. And and if I, being so close to mum and, sorry, Nana and our place, if I didn't get on with my mum, I would walk straight down the path and up the stairs to Nana and say yeah. I was in trouble. So are we talking with bodies and, and with how, how well, we're talking like mind? Or? At, no, more just body. Like body, you, No, yeah. but I love that. And I yeah. think that that image of your, your nana encouraging you to go down to the creek and move mm. and be in nature yeah. is very much, yeah, it's yeah. a nurturing thing, but it is also something physical. Yeah. Do you remember your mum ever talking about her body as when you were uh, growing up? My mum was a big surfer. Right. My mother used to be like a Gidget woman, so she would get on my father's shoulders God. and um, ride yeah. waves. Wow. So there's photographs of her up there. So, I mean, she had that sort of fitness. And obviously yeah. my dad travelled quite a bit, so mum, my mum had to be sort of like bodily fit and everything to raise. She raised yeah. two children with the help of Nana, but, you know, yeah. she's a very strong, independent woman. We didn't have really much transport then, so mum was always walking. Yeah, so she was really physical. Mum built billy, billy carts. So yeah. mum used to get us all out there and all the kids in the neighbourhood. So mum used to go up to the tip. So I'm getting, this is, this is good mm. stories. Yeah. And she'd go up to the tip and she'd get old prams and then she'd go down to the local um, fruit shop and she'd get boxes and she'd put, build, and she'd get the easel from the pram um, and she'd get the wheels from the pram and then she'd put them on the timber boxes fruit used to come in timber boxes and she made all the kids in the neighborhood billy carts and i've been to avalon it's very hilly <laughs> yeah. go- we were always at the beach yeah you know we were walking to the beach swimming at the beach dad was in the surf club yeah um you know we'd be as kids running up and down the beach we had a very earthy upbringing Out- outdoorsy beachy Re- kind of life yeah so the environment very much encouraged it didn't it you had the the incredible coastline there you had mm. parents who were very active mm. and then if we if I go back now to that time when you said you were um, doing a lot of swimming at school can you remember that feeling of being a good swimmer Joe? and what did it feel like mm. Mm. it was amazing like I just I absolutely love swimming still do and but just the excitement of because I would get into all the finals yep. and the excitement. I I swam breaststroke, freestyle, 
um, and butterfly, but yep. breaststroke was my thing. And what about actually the physical feeling of it? Can you remember, like, how you felt in your body? I know. I felt fresh and alive. Yep. And I'm and now I was also a really good runner. Yeah. And I broke the school record um, when in when I first arrived at, in high school. I broke the first school record for cross country, um, yep. running across sand dunes. Can you believe that? <laughs> Amazing. I did. So I became a really good cro- as so as so you were a, you were a natural sports person. I was then. a natural. Okay, tell me about being a tall girl in the seventy, the late sixties and the seventies. I loved being tall, Sarah. Like I really enjoyed it, I, and I still do. I loved being a tall person. Um, not all my girlfriends were tall, but I had another girlfriend that was pretty much equally as tall. We always found the boys were so much smaller than us. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I liked being tall. I just it felt it just felt right. I was always I I was always very confident with who I was, and in I was always very confident in my body. Um, and I as I said, I was aware I was very aware that I was a lot slimmer than anyone else. I used to find myself a little bit too skinny. Okay. I used to think about that. Yeah. Did you? What would you think? I just think, oh, gosh, I'm a lot skinnier. I don't have any shape. Okay. Like, I don't have any shape like the other what girls. What age do you think you were thinking this? I really started thinking I became, I, I think I became more body aware. Yeah. Probably when I was getting up to that 9, 10 bracket. Yeah. Prior to that, yeah. I was free. just being a kid, you know, Good. but I wasn't body aware where I was, I think back in those days, you didn't have, nobody really talk too much about body or anything no. do you know what I mean like we didn't and that's a great lead-in so let's say you're heading towards those adolescent years mm. um and did mum or anyone around you Nana or anyone talk to you about periods or anything yes did yes, they, they oh did. yeah, yeah did my mum what did she say do you um, remember she just well she took I got really sick with my period okay really really sick do you mean every time you got your period yes. uh, what do you mean by fainting sick? Oh. um cramps um crying vomiting it was horrible and i um i mum put me on the pill which i which the doctors recommended when i was only 13 wow joe yeah because it was the only thing that would stop me being did it help yeah it did. well i didn't know any different sarah so yeah. i was on the pill for how long for 30 uh, something wow yeah because as I got older, that's what you did back then, the pill. There was yep. no HIV, not, but I mean, there was yeah. transmit, sexually transmitted diseases, but you didn't really, it was the only, the reason why you used condoms back there was not to get pregnant, where we use it for so many reasons That's now. true. So, okay, lot, so mum, yeah. mum did tell you about your period before you got your period? And what yeah. age were you then? Um, I got my period when I was about... I think 11. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I remember being in the bath once and getting really embarrassed because, um, and I think, and it was the first time I remember thinking, realising, well, knowing that I was changing but not really worrying yeah. about it, but having an embarrassing moment with my mum. And what was it? Well, you know? I know that at that point my boobs had just started. As I said, I was really flat-chested, but I yeah. noticed little, the glands. Yeah, you know, you buds, get, those little buds Yeah, you the get little in the buds beginning. and yeah. I had a bit of hair down there and yeah. I was like a couple of hairs and I was thinking, I remember thinking, oh, okay, I'm changing. But mum, as I said, I was educated by my mum and my, well, not my dad, but by my mum with books and talking. So mum was pretty, so mum was pretty good, was she, yeah. about talking openly about stuff, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, you're changing and but she embarrassed me once and I was in the bathroom 
And she came in, she was like, oh, look at you in there and you're getting these things and look at you down there. And I got, I lost it. I'll never forget. How did you feel in that moment? Really embarrassed because I didn't, I, mum was sort of, I was just, I mean, I, it was like somebody was looking at my body and no one had really ever looked at my body. Although I grew up in a house, Sarah, um, where we were, in, we were a naked house. Were you? Yeah. Were what, Nana and everyone? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I don't mean like. But do you know? No, no. Well, no, I saw my nana naked. Yeah, and nana saw me naked. Yeah, but, but nana I, wasn't walking around naked. No, just... but she'd walk around naked. She, she. When I say we're walking around naked, we, but we were not a naked house. <laughs> it's kind of like um, it's um. So none of us, nobody worried until we probably got to our um. We started going through puberty. Right. I can't for anyone else in my yeah. family, but I was the first one to come through it. Until it got to that age, it was nothing for my mum to leave the shower and walk past me into yeah. a bedroom or for me to go okay. into my bedroom after my bath and for anyone to... And or even dad. dad. Is, and yeah. yeah, dad, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's like yeah. No, there was nothing. I mean, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, it should be okay. It is okay. Absolutely. And... Um, Seeing and accepting yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Getting to that age, a girlfriend starting to talk about sex. Does mum give you as the sex talk? What are you? Where are you getting your information? And is it entering your brain? Yeah, it's entering my brain. Yeah. There was a couple of things there. There was obviously the girls at school, mm-hmm. and like all girls at school, we all got a little bit experimental with one another at yeah. times. You yeah. know, like we did. And um, I don't think we ever told our parents that. They probably thought, I mean, it was ex- so experimental. I remember going to friends' places and another girlfriend and she had the older sister and she, and this girl used to say to me, oh, and Debbie, her name was the mm. oldest, oh, and, you know, I heard her talking about this and we'd all gather round and we'd listen to each other. But we were very inquisitive, so it was nothing that we... In those days, you'd go to someone's house, you might have a bath with your girlfriend or a shower. Yeah. It just was like everybody popped in the bath because that's yeah. what mums did. Everyone in the bath, you know, yeah. and in and out. And so, and this is even in our early teens, started to get puberty. So we were, I remember being with some of my girlfriends. Yeah. We would all be like looking and we'd be going, oh, look what I've got. And what, and I've had a feeling down there. And oh, really? Like, oh. Did you talk about that? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. You were talking about, um, about um, sexual feelings. Yeah. Oh, that's Back in so the, Yeah, I remember the, yeah, with my girlfriends. And so was, and were any of the girls starting to be sexually active or anything at that age? We were all just a bit more inquisitive yeah. about us. We, we, I remember going home, Sarah, sometimes mm. after our golf, we'd all go, oh, have you touched that spot? And yeah. we'd be talking and then we'd go home and then we'd go, oh, you touched that spot last night, which was the clitoris. Yeah. And probably around that, uh, maybe, be, would have been, probably, yeah, 13, 14s. 14 maybe. You're discovering masturbating, Starting basically. To, yeah, well, that, if that's what it was then, yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. just we felt, all went, well, that feels good. So but it wasn't <laughs> something it. that mum was going. Was it true? Yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. something that mum was going, you know, you've got a spot there that's bitterous. <laughs> I found out more through my girlfriends about that, you know. So, but I, um, I, I think I was, I've always been quite sexual. My mum in particular she always had this thing that I was being really promiscuous because I had a lot of male friends. Right. And I always have had, and but I wasn't. So mum was always, I think it was just those eras as I started yeah. getting, oh, you know, 
you know, have you been doing things? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And I wasn't. So that was really unusual. You, and so do you, that sounds from. to me like it's a bit of an era thing then, is it? Is mm. it a bit worrying about what other people think, do you think? Was I think you... it was back then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. And I was a bit of a... Um, <clears throat> I was not wild. Mum would have said I was quite wild back then. But, you know, I'd go off trail bike riding with the boys and... I mean, I So was... you were still into your later teens in high school. You're still very much loving the physicality of life. So tell me now about when your body did start changing a lot so I guess the middle like, developing yeah really developing and oh. were you were you were you excited about it Joe were you yeah I look I yeah my how de- old were you do you think I think I was probably more in my late 20s really, really? The, the, I mean I developed here and here but yeah. I didn't have you, boobs you, even really they didn't start popping up until sort of middle to late 20s really yeah I was wow. quite, if I look at photographs and everything of myself then, which I have done, I've got them in party outfits and things, and bras, no, I was quite flat, fl- not flat-chested, but um, I had a boob, but it was it was probably a tiny little 10, where now I'm a 14D. Yeah, right. So I found as I've got older, my my body is just constantly yeah. changing. 20s and 30s. Mm. Joe's out in the world, living in Sydney, I think, are mm. you, at this point? Living in Sydney and, one, how are you feeling about your body then? And, two, what are you doing with your body that's that's <clears throat> that's making Joe feel alive and having fun and, yeah. Right. Okay. I felt really good in my body yep. then. Um, I felt alive. What I was doing was dancing every yep. weekend. The partner who was did DJing and... I've always had such a massive zest to life. So even going, like as I said, from the the, te- the later teenage years with the trail bike riding and climbing trees into sort of going down the path and then being in all these massive dance parties where yeah. every single weekend I was out dancing. And I remember people used to come up out to me and say, well, where do you work out? And I was like, oh, just probably on a dance floor. <laughs> Because I, I didn't go to the gym or anything. Did you didn't? No. No. So you just went out dancing every weekend. And, yeah. and do you remember the feeling when you're dancing, like, in your body? Yeah, I just felt, I felt completely different to what I did in my teens, let's put it that yeah. way. I felt, I went from this sort of earthy, long-haired, um, surfy sort of, you know, beachy girl yeah. to going to a salon one day with a, a couple of friends uh, of mine. Um, quite out there, sort of punky friends, to ha- to having my hair completely chopped, short back and sides, and bleached white. Wow! And that was, and then I met my my then partner on the dance floor in a club called the Berlin Club, and then everything just changed. I went through a rockabilly stage as well, yeah. but I think I don't know. I just remember being out there and just feeling free, and just I felt it's a very big, um, it's a feeling of. Just being alive. You know, I felt always fit when I was yeah. out there. I felt yeah. good. I felt strong. Strong and... and I still felt really young and youthful and yeah. and excited. So then you're a woman in your 20s and, and you're having a relationship and you talked before about being a sexual person. Did you just would you say completely free in that space and you weren't inhibited and you felt great in your body so you could explore it really freely is that what you is it would that be a good description or describe it to yeah, me that's, like that's a great description i i felt 
Yeah, I think I just I did feel good in my body. Now, when I'm reflecting on, I'm reflecting on times with spent with people even after my relationship, that relationship went by the by, and then I had you know I was single. Yeah, I did because now when I think back to what my body was like then. To now I'm a lot bit more conscious about it now, whereas then I just knew there was I was toned, you know, toned. I and were was you enjoying and, it though? Yeah. Really, really enjoying yeah, it? Yeah, I was really just enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, I'd never had really any sort of inhibitions or, well, I have actually a bit later on yeah. down the track. I've started getting body conscious, but um, it wasn't because I was tall. It wasn't because I was slim. It wasn't because of anything. I just felt comfortable in myself and I think a lot of it stems back to the way that I was brought up okay. um, mm. without any real sort of big things about how I should be with my body or, or yeah. you know, and having this freedom of being able to walk around a house and, and no one sort of pinpointing you've got a bit of this or you're too skinny or you haven't got a bibs. Did your parents ever talk about their sex life, your mum and dad? Uh, they didn't, but we, we spotted it. Did you? <laughs> They're like my house. We'd be the old door shut. The door would be shut on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah. We knew what was underneath the bed and cupboard because we, when they were out, we went through and were going, I wonder what's in mum and dad's rooms. Probably could be looking for jewellery. It was such a game, wasn't it? Like having a hunt through mum and dad's wardrobes and finding their bits and bobs. Yeah. Yeah. So I think coming from that, you know, there was, was, uh, we knew mum and dad had sex. So we knew what sex was from there. And we were like, well, that's what you do. And I just think, um, just tying it into the story of, mm. you know, this naturalness and acceptance acceptance, and your Joe growing and being this woman in the world and perhaps compared to some other women where there's been, especially back in the 70s and 80s and, and before, obviously, there's a lot of commentary on our bodies. You know what I mean? And if you've got too many pounds on or you're this or that or the, the other, but also commentary on your on how you should be sexually as well, mm. either from a religious point of view or just from a parental opinions, mm. you know. Mm. Did you think about um, having babies when you were throughout your, like, teens or early 20s or...? No, I just, didn't then. Yeah. No. Wasn't. I didn't. I didn't until I was in a relation, that same relationship um, when I hit 30 and that's when I said, to my then partner, I wanted to have a baby and it really became something very, very big for me. And I Describe really, that to me. What um, does big oh, mean? It was just big was just I just felt it. I, I, it was my time. I knew I was 30. I'd been in a relationship with someone for nearly 10 years and I felt and we were set where we could have a baby and it was just like this really overwhelming emotional feeling where I wanted to have a child yeah. and sadly he didn't. Yeah. Um, he still doesn't have children. But um uh but no, so, just really I just knew and I was like this ache and I described it to a friend of mine once and she said, It's an it's a wonderful thing, Joe. She said, You don't say to me, Oh, Leah, I'm really missing, I'm having a child. I always used to say to Leah, I really want that feeling in here. Holding and at the having moment, a baby Joe's, inside. Joe's, Joe's holding her belly as she yeah, says, "Yeah, I'm holding this, my belly." And she said, "Isn't that beautiful? You wanted to have that." I said, "I wanted to carry that child." So, and that's what I've I've missed. So, so tell me about that. So, so he says, "I don't want to." What what happens then? Was <clears throat> that the end of the relationship, or I think that was like a big turning point in our relationship, and it wasn't. We didn't break up for those reasons. Yeah. 
I felt that there was a shift in our relationship then because it became, well, we wanted two different things and I did want to have children. So was it ticking away in your brain, Joe? Like, tell me about that, like, or in your body even more importantly. Was it, did you find you were feeling, getting those, that yearning in your body more or do you think you were losing? I was. Yeah. I was getting the yearning, but I'm very much a person, Sarah, that um, when something can't be, at a particular or something's going to happen at a particular point in time and I've just got to work with what I've got at the point. I can't, yeah. I just, I, it's not that I block things out, it's just I get on with life and I know that what I've got to do next and yeah. I just keep sort of moving. And I'm I'm thinking just quickly too, going back when you we've talked about and you said, oh, you've got these different, um, you know, your different ways with your sexuality or yeah. this or that and I just, one thing I'd like to say which which was I I was with three different grown women until I was 11, which was my auntie, my mother and my nana, and they all shaped me. Yeah, amazing. And they all gave me something, you know, my auntie who was, you know, I mean, um, she was fantastic. And so she was the youthful one that was going, it's okay. Yeah. And then my mother that was going, that's not okay. Yeah. And then my nana that was going, oh, darling, come here and let me. So it was wonderful. But well, it is wonderful because. I think a lot of my strength. But, yeah, mm. and it is wonderful because as a parent you have your fault lines mm. and you can be good at some stuff and, and absolutely shit at other stuff. And that's why the village is so important because perhaps where you're missing something, they go to your best mate or they go to your sisters, you know, mm. or your mother. Or, their, or your mm. mother-in-law or whatever, mm. friends. And so I think absolutely mm. that exactly like you're talking about mm. is a beautiful example mm. of how that probably fed into your confidence, Yeah, you know, and yeah. you're nurturing. So you're heading towards your late 30s into your 40s. You've given away the idea of having a child? No. No. Oh, tell, no. Me, tell me more. No. So, so that relationship finished in yeah. my early 30s. Then I was single again just having you know a nice time but yeah I was having a good time had all my gay mates and but I was always like I'm gonna have a baby I'm gonna have a baby yeah and I was thinking gosh I was um I I knew that by about the age of 37 I was gonna have to but it was a matter of meeting someone then too sure I can't just I didn't want to just go and I wanted to have that whole family. Okay. And I was going to say not... to you, did you ever think about, you know, I was freezing an eggs thing? A then or Not really. No. Yeah. yeah. A lot of yeah. it that wasn't there. It was just starting to be about, and some of my friends had talked to me about it, but it wasn't that in there that it was that I would have really thought about it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just went, oh, no, I'm just going to meet somebody. And then I did meet someone um, who was a little bit younger than me mm-hmm. and I was then 37. And then I said to him, I don't want to get involved with you but because um, I want to have a child. And he said, okay, he said, let's go for a couple of years and if we're still together... We'll have it. So as we went on, I we it was getting to that two years. Great relationship. Um, we were having such a great time together and I went and had all the tests done and I was good to go. And I was I was about to hit thirty nine. But they said you've got to do it now. So I went home with all the tests and said, Great, well we can you know, we've made it. <laughs> There'd never been any conversation about it. it's not having one. It always been and when I put all of that down, he backed out. <laughs> 
I know. Sorry, Sarah. It's been quite... That was... So that for me... And that then relationship didn't work for very much longer after that because it was too... It became a, an issue and it was just... It just became too emotional for me. Did that feel... Did it feel like... This is a big question. Yeah, no, that's okay. did it Did it feel like grief? Jo, oh, it remember? was grief. It was grief. So that was grief, definitely. And then as we went on, like he had, he had a very strong mother of a particular nationality, and and she was very still very old school, and she'd never really liked me. Mm-hmm. So he had that side of things um, to deal with. So he's another sort of woman coming into the equation. Mm-hmm. Then he was saying to me, "Well, look, you know, it doesn't matter because if we we can still go for another few years and then adopt." And I was like, "Well, I don't mind adopting, but I mean, this wasn't the deal." Like I'm here now. Yeah, I want to have that. Wasn't the deal? That wasn't the deal. Anyway, it became not good, and yeah, and then my emotions then were just shocking. I was just really a mess because I was freaking out, going, "Well, I've just spent. I wasn't going to get involved with you. I was. I am going to. I was. Um, I've just spent these couple of years with you, and it's great. Like it was good. It was good." When we when we didn't broke up, yeah. um, it was terrible grief where I had to I had to have a lot of um, counselling. Yeah, and that was one thing my counsellor said: you're not just grieving from the loss of a of a of a partner now; you're grieving for the loss of a child. Mm. So, and that's what happened. And I couldn't because I said, "Well, I'm not. I look look at me. I'm not in a state to even go and have one now, or meet a man, and I'm not going to do that to a man." How's the fall? How's the fallout from that? The from that kind of look, and I understand no, people. I understand, you know, but kind of a deal breaker, wasn't it? The deal was broken. The deal was and broken, con- and you got to had to wear those consequences. Yes. strongly, strongly. So I just had to get myself through it, and and when you're talking about feelings in body, there's and it went on for quite a few years, and it and it stopped now, um, where I would just think about having the baby and going, I'm not having one. Like it's just, and then I used to get this really big empty feeling in my belly. It was like this empty feeling and I'd go, oh, and then the tears would start coming up and I'd go, because I, oh, and that's when Lee used to say to me too, you always just wanted to feel it. Like you just, amazing. Yeah. I didn't get to try do that this lifetime. People have said to me, I'm, as you know, I'm mm. very motherly and, yeah, and very nurturing, and yeah. and um, it's interesting. You didn't have one this lifetime, so mm. I've just said to them on many occasions. I believe that's we've been here. Some of us have been here before. There's, um, we've got different lives to do, and I just said, look, I'm pretty sure in my last life I was like um, Mark Hettle. Yeah. From the Beverly <laughs> With Hillbilly. 17 kids. With 17 kids. And mm. I think I've been able to bring to this life so much knowledge, so much love and so much joy, but I needed a rest. So the universe yeah, is giving me a rest. I love it. I love so it. it's all going to be carried over into nieces, nephews and friends' kids. Aren't they lucky? Well, by this by this stage then, obviously, you might be heading towards starting to start perimenopause, into perimenopause. Yeah. Do you remember a bit? Do you yeah, remember? I do. Well, then it was probably another eight years. Yeah. Um, so I went, my menopause came on quite quickly. Um, just my period started to slow down in yeah. like probably around 49. And um, and then it was on and off between yeah. 49 and 51. Um, 
sometimes very gushy, sometimes just not there. I wasn't getting um, any PMT at that point because I used to get a lot of that. I used to get a lot of PMT, teary. Oh, so bad, wasn't crazy, it? Crazy, nutsy, nutty, oh. all the stuff that yeah. goes with it, you know. Yeah. I mean, women go through so much. Don't they? Oh, so many changes and having to, and we have to yeah. be so strong to I be know. able to get through it all and we yeah. have to find different ways to get through it all. How did you get through menopause, Jo? Did, did I just um, was very headstrong. Yeah. I, at, yeah, I just. Was your body changing too? Can you, like. Yeah, my, you, so my body started yeah. to change. What was happening? Um, belly. Yeah. So that's one thing, Sarah. Yeah. I've always, no matter how slim or tall or you know, dance weight off, all mm. that sort of stuff. I've been, I've always had a little belly um, and it's even like popped a little bit even when I was slim. I don't, I, I believe it's um, stomach muscles. This <laughs> drink. Well, do you know what? It's, it's yours. It's, it's Joe and yeah, it's yours. That's right. You know, it's so you. It, it's been in everyone. Yeah. We, I call it the Handley, the Joey Handley belly <laughs> or the or the Handley bread belly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, that's when, like, that was the first time in my life I started to feel a bit like bleh. Body-wise. What, what is that? What does that mean? What does blah mean? Does blah, that, it was just with, a bit heavy. Okay. A bit, it's a feeling. I. It's a feeling of, um. it's like, yeah, almost a heavy feeling. Yeah, it's okay. a, it's almost a, like, Tired? Do you think you were tired too? A little bit like, tired, but it's just, you okay. don't have that really big sparky lift. Yeah. It's like, you, it's almost like you yourself drop a little bit. You become heavy. I felt not heavy It's a in really weight. interesting description because, you mm. know, we lose a lot of estrogen and estrogen is like a, 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 an elixir for get up and go, well, you know? That's right. yeah. I just noticed a change and I was looking and I was going, oh, I've got to do something, all right. But I yeah. wasn't. I was just sort of riding it. I wasn't feeling great about myself. Like okay. I was feeling mentally good, but yeah. I wasn't feeling great about my body pants that I used to be able to fit into I couldn't get you know done up across the waist um (laughs) all that sort of thing or you would be sitting there and that big roll would start to come over the top of your your jeans and but I knew it was my change I knew it was my my being changed but I wasn't that I wasn't I wasn't doing as much then either because I was living in Portugal when that all went through right I was did it change how you felt about yourself sexually around that time, those changes in your body, do you think? No. No, no not really. Yeah, no. not really. When you said I wasn't doing anything, when did you start doing whatever you were doing and what was it? I went from about being generally I was around sort of in my younger days probably around 60 kilos then in, you know, the latter part might have been about 70 kilos. Then all of a sudden I became sort of 82, 83 kilos yeah. and... Actually, when I when I when I went through the grieving process, yeah, I lost ten kilos. Wow! Because yeah. I was that not well, mm. but I wasn't really worried about it. I was more yeah. concentrating on my mental side of things with the menopause because I was at that point. Another thing too, it sounds like I've yeah. had bad relationships, but I haven't. I've had good relationships yeah. that haven't worked out. So that's the way it's I life. look at it. That's life. life. So at that point, I was going nearly about to go through, well, I started to go through almost getting into a divorce. So I went to the doctors and I've always gone to a doctor yep. and spoken about how I feel. Great. Yeah. How can I, what can I do? Which is, and I've always gone off um, if I'm in my latter part of life and and from the time I did the grieving with counsellors or a life coach to help right. me through. I'm very, very aware that you can't do these things alone. And I'm never ashamed to say I'm not feeling great. 
got to fix myself. So the doctor was really good. This She was in Portugal and she just said to me, look, your body's changing, you're going through menopause, you're also um, going through all these other emotional things in your relationship and then she gave me this circle spear thing that I had to write like what it was like in my daily life um, to how I felt mentally and then it really all came down to the menopause in my daily life and mm. how we could kind of fix this. And she said to me, I want, I'm not, I don't, you don't, don't go on any HRT just yet because you're, you're not, um, it's too early. She just said, you just need to go and yeah, do fitness, start walking, um, have bars, um, do some meditation, go and read a good, you know, positive book, anything that's going to help you feel better. And probably all, and I went and did Reiki as well in Portugal. Um, And that lifts a lot of negative energy out and I picked up this book I don't know what the name of it is and the first thing in it was about menopause was like how we can change it we can either carry the anger and and all the frustrations and Mm -hmm. all the crazy things that come with it Mm -hmm. um but you can also this book said you can turn it around by um healthy living Mm mm-hmm not going to work for everybody. And I just read those few things. So I gave up smoking. Mm-hmm. For me, I was like, I've got, I've got to stop smoking. Yep. I, I stopped smoking during a divorce, which Amazing. is pretty big. Yeah, very <laughs> And I was representing myself through that divorce too. So Incredible. <laughs> across the world. So I was really, like, strong and, and empowered and I just said, right, I, I want to try and just get through this mentally okay. So I stopped smoking and then I did start my I started my swimming again. Great. Started getting doing laps. Yeah. Um, got back into that walking. I had a big ocean pool by me and I used to go every single night and swim twenty laps. Amazing. So I wrote. Do you remember how you felt when you were when you oh, started so doing good. those things, Amazing. both in your body but in your mind? Yeah. Did it make these changes for you? Would you say? Yes. Yeah. It, it made the difference. Wow. It absolutely made the difference. Number one, I felt fantastic. I was like, I finally kicked cigarettes. Like, yeah. I've, I've just done it. I've never, ever had a puff on a cigarette since that Amazing. day. And I was like, I oh, was so proud of myself yeah. for doing that. So that was empowering anyway. Yeah, and then I, I, I got through it without any HRT. And there was a time I started to get a bit sort of depressed and, and I went back to a doctor in Sydney mm-hmm. that was a good doctor and... and she said the same. She did the same wheel and she said, look, let's see if we can get you to go and see somebody. She put me onto this great life coach and yeah. this life coach and I just clicked and I was going to her every few weeks and she also helped me get through um, by giving me exercises to do. And Yeah, so yeah. you were really tackling it from the body point of view but also kind of from, from the, the body men- and the mental. From, yeah, from yeah. the body. And But I... But I once I got back into what I love to do, which was swimming, it just changed it all around. And isn't it interesting? I love that. I love that you were back into your swimming and that as a little girl you started because I really believe that we come back and we do the things that we actually loved when we were a child, mm. you know, that really brought us great joy. And you were by a beach, body, memory, but there's this memory of feeling alive and strong and all these things, mm. you know, that mm. you do it. Okay, so we're Joe now in heading towards in your fifties yep. and um, starting to really get a handle on you know how you're going to navigate your menopausal time, and then there's a bit of a there's a bit of a handbrake moment again for you, isn't there? 
in the form of the form oh the cancer <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's forgotten about no <laughs> No, Are you okay that, to talk yeah, about no, that? Yeah, no, gosh, I can talk about anything. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I can. So how old were you, Jo? Um, so I was 60. I turned 60. So I'm at 60. 60. Turned 60. I'd lost um, three friends to cancer, three friends and, and another one um, who is learning to walk again. That sparked me to really listen to my body. Yeah. And I had had a pinched nerve in which I found out was that's all it was, in my shoulder blade, right shoulder blade. And I'd had it for about six months and I, I couldn't move my shoulder properly and I was thinking, oh, God, I better just get it checked. And um, and because they scanned my whole back, top of my back, at that point it was the left hand, so that was the right, the nerve. Yeah. They found the spot on the lung, right. on the left lung in that moment, and so which was a massive shock for me because my whole world got turned upside down. Well, nobody could tell me if I was going to live or die at that point. Um, I knew that I I knew it wasn't big. So I knew my chances were were, were pretty good of survival, but they didn't know until they put me through this whole ring up um, of, you know, biops. They biop your lung through the back of your, into your lung and take pieces while you're awake. Um, I had a funny story there because, again, mental health, body, you know, just the whole thing for me. I was in there with my eye mask, my um, my spiritual sort of meditation, <laughs> he- hearing yeah. things, my lavender oil. I was in the waiting room thinking, oh, because it, I knew it was going to be horrendous. Yeah, scary. It was terrible. Um, yeah. I was really lucky to get through. I quickly switched up everything. I had to. I moved out of my house. I put myself in a safe place out near my mum yeah. and my sister and... Because, okay, so this is a great thing. Because I was physically fit, mm. so they do lung capacity tests on yeah. you um, yeah. and I, they said they were able to take out the whole left lobe of my lung. Wow. They said, and because of my age, they said had I not been fit at my age, they could have only taken out the piece of cancer and the, and the, the surrounds. Wow. So it's the whole left lobe. So you're left with. Right hand, two, three lobes. Do you yeah. remember feeling at this point in time, because you'd always been this person with this confidence, you know, and this in your body particularly, <clears throat> did you feel confident that you were going to get through it, Joe? Like mm. did you feel confident in your, not your mind, in your body? I did, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. That, so, Sarah, that's where I then, I I just went boom, boom, boom. I'm moving out of my place. I'm putting myself in a really healthy spot. They told me to even get through this operation. I was going to have to go out and start not running marathons, but I had to start running, walking, climbing mountains. Really? Oh, yeah. I had to build my lungs up. Is that what they said? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I had to really, really do... Use them. Yeah, I had to use my lungs. So I had four weeks. Hang on, this is after the operation, Before. Right? Before. Yeah, and then after. Yeah, and then after, okay. Yeah, but before the operation, to have this operation, I had to go into hospital even fitter than what I was wow. and I had to really, really toughen up my lungs and that was by walking. Then I had to do all these breathing exercises because I had to go back and do lung capacity tests before I even went into hospital because if my lung capacity hadn't have been at, at a particular level, they couldn't. I wasn't ready to have this bit of lung taken out. Wow. I think sometimes with all our 
fitness stuff and our movement stuff, there's such an emphasis on the outside and, and we forget that inside there's, mm. there's you know, there's a heart and there's lungs mm. that needs this as much as the muscles and the shape and the weight and all these other things, not only heart and lungs, obviously, all the other organs, lymph, everything, mm. you know, that needs movement. Mm. But because we can't see it. No, that's well, right. You know. And that's true, Sarah. And I've just started with Fremantle Hospital, um, a physio. Yeah. yeah. I've already been had one thing with them. So they said what we need to do. And they said, it's not just you, Joe. They said, like, we're getting a lot of older people that we're bringing in here now to put them on programs because we need to build up all the muscles around the heart and the lungs. What does it feel like in your body now, Joe? I get more exhausted. Okay. Um, in like my breathing. So I went to the south coast with my partner and his brother. We walked up some hills mm-hmm. and they could walk further than me without me getting puffed out. Yeah. But I could walk a good distance. distance. Yeah. But then I'd have to stop and catch. So I've spoken to the doctor about that and he said that's normal because your lung capacity isn't as that's great right. as what it used to be. But we now need to build that. And I said to them, look, I don't. if that's how I'm feeling now at 60, I don't want to be at 80 and I can't walk from... <laughs> down the mm. shops. I want to be as fit as possible. I want to manage my myself now to get me there. Work at it. How do you feel, Joe? now, that <clears throat> huge big story we've gone through, mm. all those amazing things that have happened and how do you feel in your 62-year-old body? The best ever. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Tell me the, about well, that. Well, the best, when I say the best ever... The best that I could feel, I think, at this particular age, and I, yeah, I'm feeling, I, as I said, I've got to build the lung capacity, so I'm not feeling the best ever that I've ever felt inside because yeah. when I get exhausted in the lungs, I get a bit nauseous because you start to get a lack of yeah. oxygen. But but as far as fitness goes, Sarah, mm. um, I'm lucky enough to have a, a great partner that's um, very fit yeah, and he's always encouraging me to, you know, just... Yeah, I don't. If you can't yeah. do something, stretch, right. walk it's down great. the river or something. But I'm feeling great. I'm, yeah. I'm because of all this too. I've, I just do exercise every single day. So I either do yoga, Pilates. I'm about to start swimming. I've joined the leisure center. I've going to the gym. Yeah, I've got the program going at the hospital. So, I'm, and I mean, it's crucial to you. It's crucial yeah, for everyone, but yeah. it's actually really crucial <clears throat> to you, isn't it? It's Very. Re- rebuilding as. Joe, at 62, when do you feel most alive in your body now? What are you doing, Joe? Uh, when I'm exercising, actually. Mm. Yeah, I really am. I'm feeling and sex. <laughs> <laughs> I love sex. Yay, that's so cool. I do, I really love sex. I love that. Yeah, so that's <laughs> no, great. That makes me feel good too because yeah. that just lifts all the endorphins and you just go, whoa. It's like I, I described it to my partner the other day for me. I said, do you know what? That's like having a really good massage. I said, <laughs> you know when you go and have a massage and somebody just first of all pushes on your back or something and yeah. you go, oh. Yeah. And I said, when release. You... Yeah, so what cool. a good start to the day. How do you imagine yourself going forward into your 70s and your 80s? Fit. I yeah. see myself fit, bodily fit. I've definitely noticed a difference in shape in my body recently. In my, I've got my waist back. I've yeah. still got my belly. I've still got yeah. my handly Joey's belly. belly. Yeah. Joey's belly. Joey's <laughs> And I, I just want to be the best version of myself, Sarah. My body's probably, it's not going to be, have the 
or the trimmings that it used to. You know, there's things sagging down here even now. Like, there is. It sort of drops a little bit down there as well now. <laughs> Just a little bit. But that's okay. That's yeah. part of being a woman. Totally. And, or a man. It, yep. You know, we've got to... I, I'm a, I'm just a believer that you've just got to be happy within yourself, but you've you've got to do the best possible thing to make the best version of yourself as well. I want to be having a great time still. I want to yeah. be travelling and I want to be fit enough. I want to be fit enough to walk up the stairs, to jump in a pool, to walk onto the sand. And Joe, you've been so generous with me, so so generous and open, and I'm really really. I am so grateful for that and it's it's been absolutely fantastic and um, what a story. Thank you, Sarah, and thanks so much for having me. It's I was felt really proud and honoured that you'd um that you'd asked me to, to do this because I yeah, it's great to have a story to tell and I just hope I can inspire other people and The Body Story podcast is recorded on Noongar Buja in Walilup. I pay my respects to elders past and present and recognise their enduring connection to land, sea and water. Thanks to Vixel for the music and you can find them on SoundCloud as Hi, I'm Vixel. You can find me, Sarah Walwork, at bodyschool.com.au or Facebook and Instagram, Body School. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>